Josh Podcast. Say hello to the people who care. Nothing's better than friends. The Nosh Podcast. Because you know that your friends are always there. Hi, everyone. Welcome to The Nosh. We're so excited to be back for a very special episode. Uh, to get us started, I'm Natasha. I'm Chelsea. And I'm Phil. Yay, Yay Phil! Phil. <laughs> Sarah's not here. We miss her so much. But it's okay because we have a very special guest. We're going to do a drum roll. She's an expert on relationships. She has beautiful hair. She has great arms. (laughs) It's Dr. Frankie. Thank you, guys. I'm so happy to be here. What an introduction. I feel so lucky. I to build it up. You're fully fully aware of all the things that we say about you, basically. (laughs) That you're smart. Arms, very smart. Um, The three most important things in the world to anybody, right? Amazing. I especially like the arms. (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean... Yeah, I feel like you work on them. We've been following you a little bit. I mean, you like lift. I do. How much do you lift, Dr. Frankie? A lot. <gasps> a much? lot. A lot. I can deadlift like Damn. Oh, like 300 pounds. What? 350? Really? Wow, you have it all. That's like <laughs> me. All. That's like my body. It's <laughs> deadlift my body. And yeah, deadlifting for those of our listeners who've oh, yeah. never seen the inside of a gym. <laughs> Would be when you 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 kind of uh, bend over and you lift you, a very heavy weighted bar right off the floor, Damn. right off the right off the floor. That's one like of the hardest of, things. Like I mean, this isn't like a muscle podcast, but a lot of women are like <laughs> afraid to bulk up, you know, Which is and not. that seems like a thing that would help make you like bulk up and be like, but. That's not a thing, it's right? It's not a thing. No, it's not a thing. You would have to be taking a ton of protein. Like, you have to be taking things. Yeah. I don't do any of that. I just <laughs> I just work out, and I lift a lot of heavy weight, and I'm not bulky. I don't know. What do you guys think? I don't know. No. I mean, you have our dream arms. You and Michelle Obama. <laughs> oh, you guys are sweet. Thank you. <laughs> yes, it's true. We should have an arm competition with Michelle Obama, Dr. Frankie, and some other army. Michelle Obama, army, are you listening? Army <laughs> we should make a meme about that. I think yes. that would go far. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you so much for being here. I know you, you're you just visiting LA and you said Max like messaged you that you should come on the pod. And not once, but twice. Oh, that is so, so sweet. Cute. We love Thank you, Max. Max. You are a Gentile. <laughs> and a gentleman. Yeah. I think, I think a great way to get started is just for you to share like um, your how you got into the behavioral health or mental health space uh, and then how you like were contacted or how you got onto are you the one sure how did I get into mental health so I had a mom who passed away two years ago who was bipolar mm-hmm. and um, who had bipolar and so very early on I saw her struggle and I was my parents had divorced and so I was in therapy for a very long time with the same therapist. And it was so powerful, that experience, just having that person consistently there in my life and helping me understand that my mom's mental illness wasn't because of anything that I did or didn't do. You know, how kids blame themselves. So it helped me understand. So that's truly how I ended up becoming a psychologist. And um, believe it or not, before I decided to become a psychologist, um, I wanted to be in television. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be like an anchor or a, mm-hmm. a show host. Mm-hmm. And I studied film production in Boston. And I got a job, um, not a job, an internship at Montel Williams and one other yes. um, American Journal and one other. And Is that the one that was like, oh, 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 
Is that Montel? Yes. Or is that- yes, <laughs> yeah. I think so. He's a military guy. Yes. So yeah. I was, I was like, oh, oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> like, and just the energy, like the environment, like around sexual harassment was just, I couldn't even, it was very uncomfortable. There was mm-hmm. something about it that made me feel really uncomfortable. And I, I decided to shift and to go into academia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like complete wow. yeah. opposite. So yeah. I let it go and I was like, maybe this just isn't for me. And um, started studying clinical psych to become a therapist. Wow. And then... MTV, <laughs> like how did that happen? I totally gave up the idea of doing TV, really, um, and didn't actively pursue it anymore. Um, I did a lot of like I would do podcasts or a radio interviews, which I always love. And um, uh, Jeff Spangler of Lighthearted Entertainment reached out to me and was mm-hmm. like, "We are, you know, we are need, in need of somebody to help us with the matchmaking process. It started mm-hmm. there first, oh, wow. and then they were like, we would love to have you on um, as a dating and relationship expert.' So I just the whole team, I, I really felt comfortable around, and they were amazing. So that's how it happened. It sort of organically happened. I think they just found me." online. Wow, that's so cool. I started thinking about how you're kind of like this generation's like badass female Dr. Drew. That's a compliment. (laughs) I I grew up like like sneaking Dr. Drew, like sneaking Loveline, like watching it in secret and like learning about sex like through Dr. Drew. Like (laughs) I feel like you're kind of like the new Dr. Drew. I would love like I love that. So (laughs) amazing. What an honor to have, you know, even think that of me. Um so, yeah. So since they contacted you to initially be part of the matchmaking process, did you do work there or did it like shift really quickly to we want you to be on the show? I'm more asking like, what was that like? Like the matchmaking process. That's I know. Can so you tell us again. anything about the matchmaking process? Because we're so interested in that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you probably can't. Um, what I can say is it was, there were a few matchmakers working uh-huh. on it and we all, you know, put our input in and, and interview. I interviewed them actually, um, as a team when they auditioned. So I didn't really directly oh. interview them. I would watch, I watched them audition. Oh. So they would, they, through the show, they were like, ah, I recognize you. I, now I realize <laughs> you were in that room when we auditioned. Oh. Cause you know how much pressure they like get up in front yeah. of all of us. And, um, so anyway, I was there for that piece and I just, I, I had their bios and everything. And then another matchmaker met with them, interviewed them. So together we put our input in mm-hmm. and, and made suggestions for potential matches. Oh. And what are some of the things that you looked for? Like, was it personality driven? Was it interest driven? Was it their like background and their family life? Like what are... Was it like someone to compliment them? Like an opposite? All of that? it. All yeah. of it. So also the type of people they're attracted to. Like right. in terms of physicality, physical mm-hmm. appearance, uh-huh. um, you know, somebody who's very masculine, somebody who's very feminine, somebody who, you know, is, the, you know, attracted to somebody with a big extroverted personality or somebody who's more quiet. Like, so we, I looked at all of those variables. So that's funny. I'm sorry. You mentioned yeah. that. Like, so how much do you think physical attraction plays a role in like successful matchmaking? Like, what's the most important thing? If there is one, or is it different for each person? Or do some people just value physical attraction more? And then for them, it's the most important thing. I'm just curious about how that works. And I'll just start the show in general, too, in, yes. your, in real life. So it's a great question because it depends on the person. Okay. Some people are really like they need to have that's physicality they need to they're attracted to somebody with blonde hair for example and they t- that's what the trend is for them most of the people they find attractive are blonde whereas there are people that are attracted to personality 
and connection, right? right? Like I am more of that kind of person. I really, there is no, all of my exes look completely different. Oh. Yeah. There's n- no consistency there. It's a connection for me. Yeah. But there are plenty, when I do matchmaking, plenty of clients that will say to me, Frankie, I definitely have a type and this is my type. And it usually, I want to deliver what they want really. So right. I'll focus on selecting um, folks that match their type mm-hmm. physically. Do you feel like sometimes people don't even like fully know what their type is? Like they think they know what their type is. Like I feel like this is also a theme of Are You the One? It's like yeah. you think that you want this, but maybe you'd actually really want this. And that that, happens, that happens too. Yeah. So sometimes I'll push, you know, I'll push again, bump up against mm-hmm. them a little bit and push um, when I think that I have somebody that embodies so much that they would really con- like connect is like would be a good connection. And I'll push them, even though that person on the surface doesn't look so much like a match for them and sometimes it is like sometimes right. they're like I would have Frankie I would have never in a million years thought that that person would be mm. a match like Jonathan and Bissett maybe oh, I don't know I mean <laughs> you're so cute I, <laughs> I mean these are two people like Jonathan and Bissett yeah. coming from such different worlds right and I think that was kind of the barrier right mm-hmm. in a way initially for Jonathan it was like whoa Bissett is so like confident and so out there you know, and but then by the end in the last matchup I, ceremony, you see like Jonathan is dressed like yeah. a space yeah. like yeah. alien, like pop star. Like he looks like perfectly like besets match, right? Like, you're like, oh, you really like come into your own through this experience of getting to know and loving the set. It's like whoa, and knowing it's okay. Like yeah. it's, it's I, yeah. I think Jonathan's from Florida, right? right. So, yeah. Oh. So knowing knowing it's knowing it's okay to. To stand out in that way mm-hmm. and and seeing that, wow, Besit, people love Besit. Like, mm-hmm. oh, he can, you know, they can be mm-hmm. this way and still be liked and, you know. So, yeah, you have to listen really, really, really hard. Like, you have to listen for what they're saying and then you have to listen for this, like, other layer of, like, what they're really saying. Yes. Kind of. Yes. That's really interesting. Uh I feel like I'm the, I go for people's personalities, but I, I've always been, like, sh- like I think questioning that about myself because I think in uh modern society or there are a lot of people that they like are really based on physical looks and I would always say like oh, I'm not re- I don't think I'm really like that I just like when people are nice to me that's mm-hmm. like all I really care about <laughs> um, but I like feel like I sometimes try to push myself I'm like no, you should like think about what they look like because I'm just not like a super sexual person, I guess. Mm. What What do you guys think you are? I feel like I know what I want you to say. <laughs> <laughs> like if you had to pick between the two. Between personality and physical appearance? Yeah, like what, what like is your first instinct, I guess? Because ultimately you should like... I think it depends on the context, right? Yeah. Because I think if you're, I mean, I do a lot of dating app stuff which isn't the best world um and i think there you mean you're first drawn to physical appearance right Mm -hmm. a lot of the apps are built around that it's built around swiping photos before you actually even sometimes even get to reading a profile Mm -hmm. so i think that might be the first thing that catches your eye about someone and then you know if it's in real life you have a chance to actually talk to them and maybe learn more about their personality right away it's also hard to convey personality on an app like when you're Mm -hmm. texting someone like there's like a common like Hey, what's up? How was how's your week? How's work? And it's yeah. like, and then you if we try to be interesting, and then people like think it's weird or it's like hard, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like I I did dating apps, and I think I that's when I was most trying to be like, you should like someone's looks. I was just like, 
okay, I'll just use this app and then I'll like go for people that I think that I think are attractive, but I didn't really care. Like I just found myself thinking, oh, there's like five types of people and and like everyone thinks they're they're like a special person, but they're really just fitting these like five different categories that I've created in my head. Yeah. I don't really mm-hmm. like negative about it. I'd love to um get your take on on dating apps as well and like what you've seen in terms of like the struggle. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. absolutely. I do. Absolutely. <laughs> I don't see that they're working for us anymore. Mm, just like it's just anymore. It, they were working earlier on, you know, not so much the dating apps, but online dating. Mm. Right, the sites right. were working early because we didn't. But initially, it was not. It was online. Like Match.com. Yeah, com. yeah. Right. like go on a computer and do it. Yeah, yeah. People actually filled out questions and stuff. And yeah. So it was working, <laughs> did, yeah. and then I think people started to be less honest, less authentic. Mm. We started to engage in like really hurtful, harmful behaviors, like ghosting or um, you know all the ba- benching or there's so many mm-hmm. behaviors. Mm-hmm. that are mm-hmm. harmful so it makes you sort of step into the process really guarded like mm-hmm. you're just you start to become really guarded after you get burned a couple times yeah. yeah the other thing is to feel like you're just getting swiped like you're not even a human it's yes. like you're going down the supermarket aisle and just going oh not this one not that you know it right. just it dehumanizes us and you're swiping people that could potentially be a match they just maybe are not photogenic Or like a lot of people, I mean, I've been doing matchmaking for years. More often than not, people are more attractive in person. They are less photogenic, right? We were noticing that with the Are You The One cast. We're like, (laughs) everyone is so hot. Yes. Like they're so hot in real life. Right? You're so hot in real life. Oh, thank you. (laughs) You are beautiful. (laughs) All the photos you've looked at us. I know. All the times you've watched us. Then there's an even smaller percentage of people who are so photogenic. So that Mm. when they show up you're like oh really right, right. So I thought you were so much prettier right yeah. so much more attractive so there's this disappointment yeah, it's just what. it sets you up for disappointment and it's just it's all based on I think how you appear in a photo and projection like what right. you how does that photo what yeah. does it bring it up for you right <laughs> so when you look at it who does who does that person remind you of yeah so yeah. this was a question that I was gonna write down but I was like this is stupid but like how do you meet someone? Yeah, I was going to ask that too. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, what do you think? Like, it's a good question. Tell us. No, it's a very good how question. Do we meet, how do we meet someone today? So it's really hard. I mean, online dating <laughs> is the the way to meet people today. And I, I think that we need to start thinking about other options, like going out and engage, make striking up conversation, trying to figure out how to actually create opportunities for us to connect outside, away from technology. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it's it sounds like a fantasy, right? Like, how do you make that? Like, in theory, it sounds great. But in practice, how do you even do that? I think I think we'd all have to collectively make an effort to do that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like global warming, you know? Like, we yeah. have to make an effort collectively <laughs> to fight it. Climate change Same with, is real. <laughs> this but, yeah, was no, our I, yeah. hidden agenda this whole time. Right. This yeah. is a climate change All the, all the but, people that I've... Uh, I'm in a relationship now and past relationships I've had, I was always friends with that person first. So mm-hmm. I feel like it always felt really hopeless or like pointless for me to go out and try to meet people because I just like wouldn't, that wasn't, that's not my like preferred mode of like engaging with new people. I'd rather just like be platonic, I guess. And then 
get to know them and then I think that's why I like personalities so as you get older it gets harder like when you're younger that's easier to do because you're around you know you're in college you're in grad school you're you know you're around a lot of people that are single naturally but as we get older like where you know if you're in your 40s you're not do you want to meet somebody at a bar not really and then though like if you are like let's say you are sort of like dating around your friend group or you're like hanging around your friend group sort of like wondering if there's going to be something there or, or really anywhere, there then becomes this pressure of, like, does this person want to marry me? <laughs> I feel like. Or, like, does this person want to, like... When yeah. you're older. Yeah. yeah. Like, I feel like it's a whole other scene when you're... I mean, just dating in general. Yeah. When you're a older. Or we choose to... <laughs> what do I do, Dr. Be Perry? honest on there. Like, <laughs> right. we all oh, decide, yeah. okay, we're right. not going to... We're just going to be as real and honest and be yeah. honest about what we're wanting. If we want to, if we want to just have a fling, we want to just have a fling, just state, state it. Mm -hmm. But then you get stuck again with the photos. Like, so it's just, Mm -hmm. it's hard. So Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people are lonely and feeling anxious and it's, it's a real problem. Like. I'm really busy. (laughs) Right. Because even like the state of like sexuality and how we're supposed to feel about sexuality is sort of like up in the air. I feel like, like I was writing these questions and I was like thinking about, I was like, I have this question. that's like sexuality used to be about shame and fear. And I'm like, wait a second. That's maybe how I was raised to think about sexuality. But like, yeah, if you think about like, just like the sixties, the seventies, the eighties, like each decade kind of has its own like, different approach to what sex should be or like how you should behave sexually and now like I don't even know what the thing is I think it's not clear and I think part of the reason is also like I don't know if throwing this in there is going to just really confuse us all but Mm -hmm. the porn industry has made it really like younger like teenagers and young adults are watching porn and thinking oh that's what sex is like Mm -hmm. it's supposed to be aggressive and and violent. So there's that too. So I just think we're all confused. Like sexuality, yeah. sex, intimacy. It's just, it's like, it's confusing Or now. even like shame around porn. Like I have a friend who, she says to her fiance, like, I don't want you to watch porn. Like I want you to only think about me and fantasize about me. And it's like, I don't know. I feel like that's a little unrealistic. And isn't yeah. porn like sort of okay? I don't know. Right? I mean, it's hard to say. It's I don't even know that I have the answer to that. I just <laughs> yeah. Think, yeah. I think we need to make sure to remember when we're watching porn that that's, that is not reality. That is mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. what it's intimacy. It's a production. Yes. It's entertaining. And there's shaving. And there's uh, douching. Douching, it's, yes. We're talking about There's a lot of douching, yeah, yes, we of course, as, as we should. But also, like, not every woman wants to be, wants to have anal sex. No. Right. No. It implies, <laughs> it implies that, like, mm. if you just, right, when you open Pornhub up, it's like, right. oh, look at all of these women, all this anal sex. It's like. Right. And women aren't necessarily all coming. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> it's like three hours of that. I don't yeah. think so. <laughs> but anyway, I, I took it there. But I think I think also we, we naturally want to categorize each other. Like, oh, I mean, I get this from people where they're like, well, are you, uh, first of all, they're like, are you lesbian, queer, or <laughs> like pansexual? What are you? And I'm like, I'm, I'm just me. Like, I would yeah. say I'm queer if I had to say. I was married to a woman for years. I've dated men for years. I almost married a my, a guy before I married my ex-wife. 
but we want to, we naturally just want to label and categorize. And when we can't, it's like, it's just a struggle. Right. Yes. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I've dealt with that myself as well. Um, And I think it's like, I don't know, you you might have seen this as well. Like for like, I guess either queer or bisexual men, it's like almost a little bit harder because with women, you have like straight males who are kind of like, oh, like, oh, she's into girls. But with, you know, guys who might be into or cisgendered males who might be into other sexes or gender identities, like it's it's harder. And I feel like especially in terms of dating women, because with dating guys, it's just like they don't care as long as you're, you know, you want to have sex with them. With but, them. Yeah. But with women, I, I don't know if this came up at all, either in the house with some of the bisexual guys. So I feel like everybody was pretty open there or if in, in the past, with, if you've noticed anything like that with issues with. I don't know. I'm I th- talking about myself. <laughs> I do think women, I do think there's a more of a discomfort or concern for women that are dating bisexual men. I yeah. think there is. Yeah. And I don't, I mean, it, it might be partially because of fear of STDs. I don't know if that's mm-hmm. one of them. Mm-hmm. I think there's like a, if, if I can take a stab at it and maybe be wrong, I think there's kind of a pervading idea that bisexuality in men is not. Real. Real, yeah. It's like this. I feel like it's the same for women, too. Really? Well, it's more with men. Like, the yeah. idea is that, oh, they're really gay. They're really gay they just yeah. haven't fully accepted it. Yep. That's true. I mean, I've heard that, too. Yeah, it's an old, tired it- saying. <laughs> Stop saying it, everyone. <laughs> yeah, it's that I hear, or, like, sexually transmitted diseases. That's the other one. Those are the two things that come up in my right. office around it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just, it's so... So, like, I mean, you just kind of have to find a person who's cool, right? And just be super, as you said before, just be super brutally honest up front about what you, who you are, what you want, and what you're into. And if someone accepts that, great. And if not, then you move on. And you so. will meet people who are open and not so. It's, it's really about their fears. They're yeah. afraid. We're all afraid of being abandoned, ultimately. Yeah. Right. You're not really going to love me because you're always going to want a guy. Yes. Like, you know, we don't have the right plumbing. Yeah. <laughs> you're just going to, when you're tired yeah. of my plumbing, you're right. going to want to. Right. Well, it was funny because Carrie had a really interesting past relationship. Mm-hmm. Was I think she was either in a relationship with the guy uh-huh. and the guy was allowed to date other guys and she was allowed to date other girls, but they couldn't date the opposite gender. Like yeah. they were in that or where she was with another girl and it was the oh. same thing. They could both be with other guys, but not other girls. Yeah. And I was like, that's such like a great like contemporary arrangement. <laughs> I know. Like what an agreement. It's like, oh, you want the other plumbing? Great. Go to that. But then you have to come. But you're not getting this type of plumbing. With yeah. Someone else, right? Only with me. Yeah, only with me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what do you think about these like contemporary arrangements? I don't know. Like it seems like with this cast, like we had Amber on. And I just was, like, baffled. I'm like, so you're just having sex with everyone and you're, like, so cool with it. You don't feel, like, again, maybe it just comes back to how I was raised thinking about, like, sex should be, like, something you're ashamed of and afraid of. And she's like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I just have sex with whoever I want to and it's it's not a thing. And I don't, like, fall in love and I just have fun. And do you think that's, like, legit? And the idea, we were taught that sex is only with one person. Yeah. Like, the idea of polyamory and all this openness is just, that wasn't, you know, it wasn't acceptable. So, yeah, this generation is just, it's, there's so much more progressive and open, I think, and accepting. And do you think that, I guess, like, what sort of what I'm getting at is, like, like, I've heard sort of, like, a scientific approach where it's, like, when you come, like, you're bonded and you, like, (laughs) oxytocin gets released and... 
like it's not even really like your fault. You're just like biologically like, there yeah. with that person. So I don't know. Can you have like my question is like can you can you have like just open polyamorous sex? Can you be friends with benefits? Like can you have this sort of openness without complications? Some people can. Yeah. And others can't. (laughs) And it takes legit, like, hard, hard communication. It's a lot of work. Like, I definitely, I have worked with plenty of poly couples and couples who have open relationships because they're different, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And some do it pretty well, and they can do it long-term pretty well. More often than not, they struggle. Mm -hmm. Because there's, you're just, Mm -hmm. you're, there's so much communication that has to happen, and you're dealing with different people's needs, we all have different styles of communication, different needs in a relationship, mm-hmm. and now you're mad, you're having to like navigate multiple partners. Mm-hmm. It's hard enough having one partner. Right. Mm-hmm. right. Yeah, totally. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. And oh, something yeah. that I'm really realizing is that communication, like people always stress like communication, communication, communication. But communication is really tied to self-worth. Like if you don't believe that you deserve to have a certain kind of relationship or that someone could really love you or, you know, any of these things, then you might struggle to communicate honestly. And so, I don't know, do you have advice for, like, building your self-worth? Yes. So I would say be around people that are supportive and encouraging and that make you feel good. Like, we, I think a lot of people spend time and energy being around people that are not serving them. So that's mm-hmm. number one. Number two, put yourself in situations where you can excel. Like, I'll give you an example. For me, it's fitness, right? Um, I'm, Hell yeah. Right? I'm kind of obsessed. So <laughs> it, I used to have, my dad was a fashion designer. I grew up in New York. And I was around a lot of very skinny, extremely, I grew up, went, you know, Kate Moss, that whole era. Naomi Campbell. It was like, you were supposed to look like a hanger. Mm-hmm. And I am busted. I am right. I'm never going to be looking like a hanger. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm five four. Totally. Um, and so I I started to lift weights, and it, it my body issues like I don't have them anymore. Mm-hmm. I am incredibly strong. I feel good in my body. Mm-hmm. So like my self esteem is so much stronger. It's so much better than it ever was mm-hmm. because I found something that I can excel at that people admire. Mm-hmm. So they're letting right. me know all the time. They're like, oh my God, I saw that video. How did you do that? How much weight right. is that? And it makes, it just like reinforces that like, wow, like I'm killing it and I feel good about it. So find something that makes you feel like kick ass. Mm-hmm. Something. It can, it can be climbing. It can be, right. I don't know, any of you guys have suggestions? Strength. I mean, we all do improv. Improv. <laughs> I don't know if improv really makes me feel strong anymore. Yeah, it, like, puts me in my head. Yeah. <laughs> it, it comes and goes. You gotta do more body when stuff. You, I feel like when you start <laughs> yeah. it, you're like, oh, this is insane. And then after a certain point, you're like, I'm amazing. I'm doing this thing. And then you're like, I kind of suck. And then you're like, oh, I'm, I'm picking it up. I'm picking it up. And then you're like, no, nope, I'll never be good enough. <laughs> yeah. That trajectory, I feel like, can apply to so many yeah. things that you just yes. try hard at, right? Yeah. Like, and I think what's interesting, you said, I mean, you mentioned lifting weights. Like, there's such a connection with your body, right? And, like, if that one thing that you choose to be great at is something athletic, you're also getting, like, you know, like, the, the, the psychological benefits of exercise yeah. as you do it. So like endorphins. I think, yeah, the endorphins. And, I think that yeah. also plays a factor. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. 
But it can be like improv. I mean, there are points where you feel like, wow, I just killed it. Mm -hmm. I did such a good job. And you get the feedback that you did well. And we're not always going to, like, some days I go into the gym and I feel really weak. And I know I'm like, ah, that kind of sucked. It's not going to be great every day. But if overall you feel like, you know what, like, this makes me feel good. And I'm making people laugh. Like, you guys make people laugh. That is just, that's so, right? That's confidence building. I just made an entire room laugh, right? Totally. So stuff like that helps. That's true. And communication is key, too. Yeah. But yeah, we're, yeah, we're not going to want to communicate if we don't believe that we deserve communicating. I feel like. Yeah, and communication is different in different contexts. Like, I feel like I'm really good at communicating at work or like with friends, mm-hmm. but in like closer relationships and with family, I like clam up, and that's like something I'm always working on. But I feel like I I'm in therapy as well, and like before I did that, I was just like. You just tell yourself, you're like, I'm perfect, I'm fine, I'm good at everything. And then <laughs> you realize that there are just things you didn't even notice about yourself. You're like, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> that is, that has had a really big impact on me. And that's clearly why I'm not, like, that good at communicating mm-hmm. about certain things like that. You that's can always be more honest. Yes. Like, more honest with yourself and yes. more honest with others. That's an interesting point that you bring up because I think there's a fine line between, like, being, like, self-affirmed and having confidence and then not being self-aware enough mm-hmm. to, like, understand the areas where you need to improve. Mm-hmm. And so not having like, self-worth. Like, self-worth is right. different. Right. So how do you, right? Self-reflection. Mm-hmm. That's what you're, yeah. yeah, speaking to. Yeah, I think it's important for us to stop and like think, you know, about what's our part? What 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 did I maybe miss? What could I have done better? What did I do well? Like just to stop and reflect, pause, even daily. It can be like two minutes of your day to stop and just think about gratitude and also like, you know, what check in with yourself, self-reflect. Yeah. Because you got to be able to see it in order to. Right. you know, decide that you want to make a change. Mm-hmm. I think what you said about two minutes or a certain time of day is also important because you don't want to be constantly having this negative self-talk, right, all day either to the point that it's crippling, but it is important to have that awareness and reflection and maybe boxing it at a certain time and then moving on. And right, Such and a good back. point. Yeah. Yes. Mm. You pick, an, like, you know, you pick a few minutes, even if you're feeling sad, like, you, okay, you need to have a cry, you pick 15 minutes. I'm going to just let myself cry. And then when that buzzer goes off, you're done. Put yourself back together and get back into the get present. Get back in. Yes. Back in the game. <laughs> yes. How long have you been doing matchmaking um, outside of, you know, Are You the One, of course? A very, very long time. What, so, yeah, what got you into it? Yeah. I am naturally drawn to it. So as a, as a young, as a kid in New York, I, um, my first successful match, I was 13 years old. I matched my dad with my eye doctor. Oh my gosh. Wow. So that's when it all started. Oh, wow. Uh, that is, yeah. wait, tell us more about yes, that story. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's so incredible. <laughs> so I went in to get evaluated for contact lenses on my own. I kind of grew up sort of a, a lot New York, of the yeah. time on my own, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And she, the doctor was just like, she was beautiful. She was smart. She was articulate. She was like really cared about giving me a good exam. And, <laughs> and she was Jewish oh, and yeah. I'm Jewish. And my, Woo! I knew. Sorry, yeah, I to, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm not Jewish. Well. Do a shout out. <laughs> 
And my dad had been struggling dating all like just women that were just wanting his money and wanting to be around his, you know, fashion and success. And I'm like, he's really, he needs somebody like quality. Right. And I was like, that's just, just the perfect person. (laughs) So then at the end of the exam, she says, well, I'm not going to be able to sell you the contact lenses. Your dad will have to come in and and pay for it. And I said, brilliant. That's perfect. That'll be perfect. (laughs) I went and saw my dad, sat him down and said, you know, I need you to come and buy these contact lenses. But I, what I really need you to do is to meet the eye doctor. (laughs) And I told him about her and he asked her out. He came in, bought the lenses for me and asked her out. Yes. Wow. A movie. This is like perfect. So So that was the beginning. Um, Men asking women out. (laughs) When did that happen? No, now women have to ask out men. (laughs) Or we're just going to hang out. And then we're going to have sex. And then it's like, everything's confusing. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Lots of sex and no talk about the future. (laughs) Go on a date. <laughs> That's so cute. Very cute. Um, and then from there, I just, I brought them together and it was so rewarding for me. I think, I, and I wasn't conscious of it, but it felt so good. I know it and reflecting back that I just would note if I met somebody that I, that was new, that was single or somebody I knew well was single, I would be thinking, how do I, can That's I match brilliant. them? Yeah. And I just kept matching people and um, doing it well. <laughs> so More cool. people should so be like the, that. What's the success yeah. rate? Do you, yeah, you yeah. <laughs> it is 83%. Wow. Six months That's or longer. Insane. So my clients put me on a freeze when they are introduced to somebody that they want to, that they want to date exclusively. And so 83% never re-engage. They never unfreeze me after six months. Uh, Does that make sense? Wow. Yeah. yeah. Meaning they stay. They stay. That's so Whoa. cool. Oh my God, that's incredible. Yeah. We're going to have to talk after this. <laughs> yes. <I'm>, hello. <laughs> been single for Dr. FrankieVashon.com. Is that what um, it is? It's little, so a couple, there's a couple ways you can find me. LittleGayBook.com, DrFrankie.com, LittleBlackBookMatchmaking.com. Yeah. And so your matchmaking was, was that separate from your decision to study psychology? It was a hobby. So matchmaking was just a hobby. And then um, studying psychology was, I was thinking, well, this is going to be my career. I want to be able to help people. And I feel I love people. I love to connect with people. And um, so I followed that path. And then I, when I graduated, I got a job at Kaiser, which was a very like highly coveted job. Mm paid well, had benefits, had a beautiful office. Nobody bothered me. My clients loved me. I loved them. Seven years or six or seven years into it, I started to get so burnt out because I was doing PTSD and acute stress disorder, like exposure work. And I just started to get really numb and, and burn out and really set in. And I was thinking, how am I going to keep doing this? And just only seven years in the career in my profession. And I wanted to use my degree, my experience, clinical work. And so I melded it with matchmaking, basically. Wow. And I kept hearing it me. <laughs> I'm burnt out right now. <laughs> you have to figure out, right, how to parlay stuff. Yes. Like, and, and it just worked out beautifully. Mm-hmm. And people in my office were saying, I don't know, how do I meet a quality person? I'm thinking, if I could only introduce you to one of my other therapy clients, like I, and right. you can't do that. You can't do it as a therapist, <laughs> no. as a matchmaker. That's actually brilliant. Yeah. Is, yeah. My therapist says that too. He's like, yeah, man, I can't introduce you. And it's like, that's so, that's so brilliant. But that's just a great lesson in just like truly you. following what you're good at. Yeah. And like, yeah. I mean, what you love, like we always say like, do what you love, but it's also like, what are you good at? You're like, you really recognize like, this is what I'm good at. Yes. Yes, exactly. And do even when people are pushing back, 
and like making you feel like that's just a really dumb idea. Cause there's mm-hmm. always going to be those people out there that are going to make you feel like your idea is mm-hmm. really, that's not going to be successful right. kind of thing. Follow your heart. You just, fo- I just kept going, no, this is really needed. I don't know. I know everybody's telling me I'm crazy, but I just need to keep doing it. And I want, I'm curious. Um, and how did you end up, you know, specializing in like the LGBTQ community? Was it just because that's your community and you're just like, I know this the best. This is what I should do. It's partly that it was. So at the time I was married to a woman. So that was my community and I was pretty involved in it. But the other piece was that there was nobody focusing specifically on lesbians and bisexual women wanting to meet women. Nobody. So it was a niche. It was a way for me to just do what I love to do and, and make it happen, make it successful. So that's where I started. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so cool. We got a question from Instagram. All right. Go for it. Did you think the cast members on Are You the One were total train wrecks? Oh, you can't call my peeps train wrecks. Um, no, I think they're young, and I think they're trying to figure it out. Yeah. And I think think about this is like the best cast like ever. Who said that? Yeah. There's so much depth there. There's so much like like fierceness. I would say they were they were just like so willing to be open and be vulnerable and explore. And they're young. They're in their twenties and they're in a house for a month with no contact with family, friends, no cell phones. Yes. And with each other 24 seven. And honestly, they are woke as fuck. And some of the things that they say are goddamn brilliant. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I think I, I really think that they were fearless and, and just, lived as openly in those four weeks as they possibly could have. And they explored and they pushed the limits for themselves. They pushed their own limits. Like, you know, even Paige getting up and being like, I mean, she came out on national television. I don't think her parents knew. No. No, No, that's Yeah, it was just all in the first episode. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. so cool. Wow. You know what I mean? Just, yeah. That was very touching. While we're on this, actually, we were wondering, did you have a favorite couple, like, that you thought was, like, a really great match, whether they're an actual show match or they're a no-match couple? I I think you probably know. Jax? No, I don't know. Like they're they're all so good. I mean they're all great, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah, I do. Just to see, I feel like I saw that transformation so clearly um, that I I don't know. And then to see how far Jonathan came was just like yeah. heartwarming. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It has that to be totally insane to see them like completely from start to finish. And I mean, they're still going on. Like they're having like mini like dramas within each other and like things are continuing and other things are happening and it just has to be like insane to to have had a hand in just thinking about who might fit with each other and just talking them through some of their struggles and then seeing them just through to to the end or through this part it just has to be incredible it was beautiful and I kept every time I left the set after meeting with them for the Dr. Frankie talk I was always like I want more you know like there was just there was so much more that that I felt like we could touch on so it was just they were lovely were you only meeting with them for those like on screen times that we saw essentially did they have access to you other than that or not really no, okay. it was just, you know, it was Dr. Frankie talks that we would look forward to every, every couple of days. And then right. they would see me for, um, the challenges oh, every, right, right. every other challenge or something. Do you but, have yeah. one that was your favorite, like Dr. Frankie time? I don't know. I don't know. I don't, 
or one where there was like a pivotal like breakthrough or anything like that? I mean, I think that they, I have one that I I have all of them where I think really, they really tried hard. Mm -hmm. Like they wanted to show up for our meeting and really talk about things that were hard. They tried. It's incredible. And I would try to, I would push them and they, they were, they didn't have to be pushed too hard. They really wanted to, they were so ready to process. So much had gone on in that 24 hour period or 48 hours that they just wanted somebody to like process with professionally. Totally. Yeah. It's like, we just had a five son. Help us. <laughs> like, help us figure this out. Yeah. Like, Kai just had sex with me and someone else. Help us. Yeah. <laughs> like- <laughs> yes, exactly. There was one, it was, I can, I'm trying to remember, there was one time where there, and I don't even think they actually aired it, but they were so exhausted. And then the night was so rough the night before that, like, and there was a lot of, there was a lot going on in the house. There was a lot of tension and nobody wanted to talk uh, and I was like guys and they kind of just were like I I think that they felt like nothing good was going to come of it so let's just like call it yeah it was maybe it was after the uh the under the sea the party. party or something yeah I feel like it yeah sounds like I, it might have been that was quite the time I think <laughs> like I think so. so there were like eight fights that night or something yes yeah, so it was that before. it was that night it yeah. was the next morning the next morning <laughs> yeah I imagine they were everyone was pretty drunk at least on the so show. are you pro Jax or <laughs> just kind of casually throwing that in there. <laughs> can't say, can't say. <laughs> what about the Carrie Jack's love triangle? Oh gosh, can't say, can't say. Yeah. <laughs> I like, I like no, opinion we're on not that. here to get tea. Yeah. Um, so you said that you know in your earlier in your in your life you aspired to be on TV and then you stepped away from it. So. Being on the show and being a part of it, was there anything that surprised you or like just anything that you learned about yourself or that you will carry with you moving forward? Yeah, I I learned that, you know, on the in that environment, it's so different. I'm so used to seeing clients like in a in a small one on one setting. And here I had, you know, a room full of of clients. And, Mm -hmm. um, I realized that it was hard for me. I like, I wanted to connect with each and every one of them and my nature, I realized that my way, when I wasn't able to verbally connect with each one of them, because there were so many, Mm -hmm. I would, I would make sure to look at every single one of them in the eye. Like we all would maintain eye contact. So I knew they knew that I was like, I was communicating, just loving them, Mm -hmm. you know, even if like that, episode weren't even able to connect mm-hmm. verbally yeah yeah so, so i have noticed you. your eye yeah. contact has been great this yeah. whole time yes, great i feel job. like you've given all of you us would be a really, really great improviser really great you know you're eye afraid contact. of it but <laughs> eye contact is key yeah. i mean that's how i can I re- so that's what i learned that i yeah. really like i communicate warmth through eye contact mm-hmm. yeah because yeah. i had i had to connect with i wasn't going to be able to connect with that many in the whatever an hour or whatever it was right because usually the drama, whatever drama was happening, that would dominate. And it would be a few f- of them that would be talking about it. And many would be quiet. Yeah. Wow. Nor and Kai. <laughs> Paige. Yes. And probably just, yeah, figure yeah. out who would be loud about it. Have yeah. you engaged with, like, such big personalities yeah. before? I mean, there's so many different people that I'm sure you've 
had as like if Noah's like you're a whack ass stupid ass bitch yeah. ass fuckboy you're like okay can we break that down yeah yeah like <laughs> let's try to be kind no so not one on one yes in my office but uh-huh. you, I don't really see that they will describe how they can flash uh-huh. but I don't necessarily see it the way right. this way like with all of them there it would, it would come out right, right in real time in the moment right yeah that's very interesting pop off queens they, and they were like, it was right beneath the surface. So I sort of had to be like, okay, <laughs> let's, okay, hold on a minute. Let's make yeah. this productive. Yeah. And they were just ready. They would, they would arrive ready to just, they were already frustrated. Yeah. yeah. So. And it, seem, it seems like a hallmark of being in your 20s too, that you get like really, really worked up about a thing or a person and you obsess and you like can't let it go. And I don't know. It's just, it's, it is interesting sort of watching it being slightly older. Well, it's interesting that you mentioned that because I think, do you feel like in your experience that people who are a little bit older tend to have a better approach to relationships (laughs) or do you think that because they're older and they feel like the time might be running out that like they're more frantic? I think they have a better approach. I think that they're calmer. Like they're less impatient. There's less of like, they have more impulse control. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, these guys had, like, impulse control was a struggle, right? Yeah, right and that's right. normal. They're passionate. They're fiery. They've got feelings and they're having Ex- right now. Exactly. And I want I want to express it right now, mm-hmm. here and now, and I deserve to express it. It's like, This is an injustice. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> you do. But, like, let's lower our voices because it's aggressive. and right. right? Like, so as we get older, we realize, like, we've had ex- past experiences that tell us that, okay, well, maybe I should lower my voice and, and I'll, you know. And maybe that person sort of isn't worth, like, it's not worth it to get worked up about that person or that situation. Because that's actually, like, taking away from my experience. Like, I feel like that's a little bit of a thing that you kind of get with, like, a little more age. Like, why am I so obsessed with, like, that, everything that that person said last week, you know? Yeah, like, you're giving it, you're giving them too much power. Yes, exactly. You learn that with age, too. Yeah. Yeah, so... I think age matters. So, yeah. So, in a lot of ways, it might be easier to connect with someone when you're older because you have better control over your impulses and, right? You're more yeah, mature about your approach. scary as fuck, though. Connecting is scary. Or, and you can choose your words, right? <laughs> right, yeah. right. Like, you're just smarter about how you communicate your feelings and yeah. your thoughts. And I feel mm-hmm. like you just have more practice. Yeah. Like, doing that mm-hmm. as time goes on. Right. Just engage with It can still people. be scary, though. Of course, yeah. You know? Oh, it's scary. And it doesn't matter what age (laughs) we are, how even me, like look at all the years of education and experience helping people. I struggle with Mm -hmm. communication at some points when it feels really vulnerable and I have to stretch myself and think about, okay, what do I tell my clients, you know, and how can I apply it to this moment? Um, It just, it's something that we have to continue to work on. And you sort of learn through experience, like that's better, like, (laughs) like, Like a monkey, like learning in an experiment, like, oh, I was vulnerable and I actually like. Don't pull this lever. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Pavlov. Yeah. 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 And sometimes we make the same mistakes over and over again Mm -hmm. because it's just in our nature. Yeah. And And the people that love us accept that and they try to avoid triggering that Mm -hmm. side of us. Right. So we promised you it wouldn't, we're already at like 45 ish, 50 ish. Um, we want to do, <laughs> does there any, any other last final well, I burning? I just wondered, yeah, questions. burning question about love languages. Obviously you have, you subscribe to them, ascribe yes. to them. Subscribe, subscribe, I believe in them. Is there like another one or is there like another layer that we don't know about? So the thing that I love about knowing about love languages 
is just this thing of like, you can feel so unloved in a relationship, but you're not recognizing like how that person gives love. Right. Like, and then also like how you yourself receive love. So if you're like, he never tells me, I mean, probably if he never tells you, that's a little bit of a red flag. <laughs> I mean, but it's like, you might not care about that. That's, that's not his value. Right. Right. Or Affirmations. Like, not, like yeah. you don't, it's some people don't, right. They don't think usually we assume the way that we like to receive love is the way that everybody else likes to receive love. So mm-hmm. it's a conversation you need to have. It's a simple quiz that you can download right. online. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Does yeah. everybody need to take it? Like, take it. it. Yeah. Love languages quiz. It's yeah. fun. Yeah. It's playful yeah. and fun. Yeah. Sit down for 10 minutes and take it. It's like, yeah. I don't know, 15 questions? Mm-hmm. And find out your primary and secondary love language. And don't assume that because your love language is acts of service, you like people to do things for you and surprise you with you know groceries that you love. Doesn't mean that your partner wants that. Yeah. Right. So. Well, yeah. And so are they, I mean, it seems like it's actually kind of like a perfect thing. It's like airtight. Like, is there anything that you would add or like, like, is there another layer? I mean, because it does really truly feel like they're five and we, I don't know. I guess I'm just saying, just wondering if there's like. I can tell you that. One. I don't know. I, no, I don't think it's anything's missing from that. I think it's one aspect, but of there's many, right? Communicate. There's so many other things, elements that need to go into um, a relationship to make it successful. But I have noticed through the years that um, like quality time and physical touch, if that's a primary and secondary, like those two always go together. If somebody often, I want to say not always, but if somebody mm-hmm. is, is primary, is quality time, it's usually physical touch as a secondary mm-hmm. or vice versa. Because they want to spend just, their time touching. Yes, that's I think I've taken that quiz like five different times and I never remember what it is. But quality time is definitely, definitely my number one. I can't mm-hmm. remember what my number So take it. Yeah, yeah. and see if I it's physical touch. It's physical touch. But I do like hugs. It's really, really good with friends too. Like, for example, I'm like very often late. But I know that, like, Sarah and Natasha do care about quality time. So I, like, try to do better. I yeah, don't, but Chelsea I'm not does always not better. I don't care about quality time. Yeah, it's that's not, not one of yours. It's not one of mine. We're always like, can we come early? And you're no. like, no. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to go at this time or later. What are, but, yeah. If you don't mind, what are, what are yours? Yeah, what are you yeah, yours? Acts of service. Oh. Yeah. Me Act- too. Do the dishes. <laughs> Acts of service and, and gift giving. I love oh, yeah. Interesting. That's always nice. Always See, that is so present. huge. When you know that someone is really into gifts, I'm not into gifts. I'm not good at giving gifts. But if I know that you are, you love gifts and that's what makes you feel loved, I will give you a gift. Yeah. Like it's yeah. incredible. Yeah. It's incredible knowing that. All right. So we have, we don't, yeah, we're having, we are at the end of our time, but we need to no. do one final thing. And it's really important. So every episode or of our podcast, we give out what we call Dr. Frankie awards and they are awards inspired by you. That's so perfect. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we usually assign them ourselves and sometimes when, um, or award them ourselves. And when we have cast members, we have them give them out to each other. But now we actually get the true Dr. Frankie awards from Dr. Frankie. So there's only four of them and they go from very important to maybe like a little more shallow. But, um, but so, still important. But still, imp- but still very important. <laughs> so the first one is most like Dr. Frankie in terms of who gave the best advice throughout the season. Throughout the and season, are you the one? Yeah. The cast members. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was missing. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> We're choosing a cast member for of each all of these. People in the world are giving no. them an award because you yeah. obviously already won all the awards. Yeah. <laughs> 
like I wow, I have to pick somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, oh my gosh, that's pressure. Or just somebody who you pull, so you can. No yeah, a lot of people have said the same person. If I think that's a hint, but yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, has sweat. 100%, 100% in that category. Most like Dr. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay, and then the second one is who has shown the most growth over the whole course of the season? Wow, that's a really good one. Um, who has shown the most growth? Oh my gosh, it's hard to pick one person. You can pick two. Okay. There can yeah. be a tie. Oh, yeah. yeah, talk about open, growth yeah. in terms of the cast. I would say Jonathan and Paige. Oh, oh nice. How is Paige grown or how does she deserve that award? I think she was trying, like, being more communicative. Like, she was trying to be more expressive and communicative. She's somebody who, in the Dr. Frankie talks, also would, like, when I made a suggestion, would be like, all right, I could, she would report back to me. You know, she had yeah. worked on it. You know, oh, but a lot cool. of them did too. It's hard. One yeah. of my favorite moments from the show is when uh, Remy and Paige were about to go into the truth booth and they're talking to the camera and Paige just goes, if we are confirmed to match, then we're starting this relationship on a foundation of um, vulnerability and trust and communication. And I was just like, what? This is like <laughs> incredible. She's 21. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so young. And and now to know that like they're continuing together yes. is just like, yes. that's so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, so, too. so yeah, that's that's a good addition because Jonathan has won it many yeah, times. We've seen that transformation. Um, okay, so the third one is most toned arms. Doctor Frankie for most toned arms. Basit. Oh, interesting. Oh my gosh, Basit has a gorgeous body. Such a good body. <laughs> oh, oh. I saw Basit perform too, which was so oh, fun no. in Brooklyn. Oh. I, do I saw it too. Or them. Oh, yeah, yeah. I saw them. Them. Yeah. Them. Basit <laughs> owns the stage. Owns it. Amazing. Yes. Yeah. And then the Dressed last. as a traffic cone. Did they dress as a traffic cone the day? So? Oh my gosh. I don't think so. <laughs> That's <pretty> awesome. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> traffic cone. And then just the last one is just, you know, hair. Hair most hair like Dr. Most like, oh my gosh, Kai! <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's Kai. Kai would make comments about my hair. Oh, like Kai was really trying yeah, to Yeah, Kai's like, like, really? Like, I think you have better hair. So I'm like, making comments about my hair is better. <laughs> but your hair is fantastic right now, and it's different. Thank you. Yeah. I, yeah, so I'm it's growing like it out a little bit. The, it's, just, it's just growing. A poof in the front? It's uh, a poof right now because it's just, it was kind of, right? But it's so long that I put a clip in it. It's awesome. We love your hair. Thank you so much. Yeah. Dr. Frankie. Oh, this was lovely. This was so yes. fun. Thank you You're so the much. Absolute best. Thank you for yeah. having me, you guys. Yeah. Thank you so yeah. much. I think we're uh, good, but thank you all for <laughs> we listening. We have no great way to conclude. Well, actually, no, do you want to just tell us again your your website if people want to get in touch about matchmaking? And sure. And watch uh, your deadlifting. Have you uh, follow you on Instagram? Instagram yes. Handle. So follow me, please, on Instagram. It's Dr. Frankie. Um, no, is it? Wait. Dr. Frankie Bashan mm-hmm. is Instagram. Mm-hmm. And then Facebook is Frankie Bashan. Mm-hmm. And then my websites are littlegaybook.com, which mm-hmm. is um, my matchmaking site for women. And then I recently launched a heterosexual site a matching site which is building i'm not yet taking on clients but definitely get on there and fill out profiles mm-hmm. and that's um little black book matchmaking.com mm-hmm. and then i have oh drfrankie.com great awesome thanks so much yeah. thank, thank you guys so, thank you. Dr. so fun all right bye, bye. bye. you can always count on
Josh Podcast. Say hello to the people who care. Nothing's better than friends. The Nosh Podcast. Because you know